everyone, I'm Meg, and thanks so much for tuning in again to the Customer Success Podcast hosted by PlanHat, software for customer success, where we talk to leaders in the industry about their experiences, definitions of customer success, and get their advice and best practices. This week, I spoke to Paul Henderson, an author, speaker, and consultant on customer success about his new book that's coming out. The book is called The Outcome Generation, How a New Generation of Technology Vendors Thrive Through True Customer Success. It provides advice for companies who want to take their operations to the next level with a customer success mindset in marketing, sales, and customer success, of course, by focusing on success outcomes. So take a listen. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much um, for joining me today on the Customer Success Podcast. Um, How are you? I'm well, thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here. All right, so um, before we get into the topic that we're going to talk about today with customer success, can you tell us uh, just a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, and what your background is? Sure. So these days, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, um, and a consultant on customer success for technology companies. So I help technology companies implement a customer success program that's been used to close million-dollar cloud deals. Uh, mainly focusing on small to medium-sized vendors because the big guys tend to have people already doing some of this sort of stuff. How I kind of got into this, so that's not what I've done forever. Um, before this, I was in the technology space, so in the uh, ERP software area. My last role was running the Asia-Pacific region um, for a medium-sized organisation. So I had about 200 people working for me across nine countries, supporting 800 enterprise customers. In the last five years that that I was there, two significant things happened. The first is we made the transition from being a traditional cloud vendor to, uh, sorry, a traditional vendor to a cloud vendor and all the pain that goes with that. And the second is we implemented what we call um, our outcomes program, which would today be called a customer success program. And we ran that for over five years. Um, I've written two books. Uh, The first is on execution capability. Um, The second, the topic of today's discussion is around customer success. Fantastic. Thank you. And how did you, so you kind of, you know, got into how you found yourself working in customer success, um, but what specifically inspired you to start your own consulting firm? So, you know, if we go back a decade or so, um, I was working still in that same company Um, And we were looking at the success or lack of it that the whole industry was producing. And ERP, frankly, isn't very good at producing success for its customers. In fact, there was a Gartner study done some years ago that suggested it might be as low as 32% success rate. It's amazing that any industry can be successful at 32% success rate. So we looked at what we were doing and we said, how can we do more? How can we make our customers more successful? So we started by looking at the outcomes that, they, that we thought the customer was trying to achieve when they bought our ERP software. And we decided that that outcome was effective operations. So they wanted the business to run well. And we then said, well, what else do they need besides our software? And we realized that it was, they needed processes, they needed the right people skills, they needed training and education and change management skills and so on. And they were largely left to themselves. They had to do those things themselves or use other consultants or other firms. And we said, look, wouldn't it be better if we could help customers do all of those things? And that's what we set out to do. So we introduced a whole range of new services. We introduced new methodologies, new ideas, new measurements and KPIs. 
all around the idea of helping the customers become what we call the effective enterprise. Um, and that became our mantra. Um, so we ran that in the region for over five years, got a lot of experience, worked out what was good and what wasn't good things to do. Um, and then um, about two years ago, um, I realized that the things that we had learned could really help other technology vendors, that many vendors would face similar challenges. And so I decided to leave the software industry um, and try and help. And so I've spent the last uh, year and a half or so researching the book, um, interviewing people, reading and listening to everything I can about customer success. And based on that and my own experience, I've produced the book, which will be available pretty soon, next few weeks. So let's talk a little bit more uh, about your book uh, titled The Outcome Generation, How a New Generation of Technology Vendors Thrive Through True Customer Success. Could you tell us a little bit about um, the concept that you mentioned in it, uh, Generation 3? Sure. Okay. So the, uh, the idea of this Generation 3 is, is the outcome generation. So um, it, the book talks about a new generation of technology vendors that are emerging and, and the way that they are operating. So just to, to give some background, um, whenever an organization spends money on technology, there are three things that have occurred. Someone in the business has said that an element of the results that are being achieved aren't good enough, and we need to act to do something to fix that. They've then looked at the problems or roadblocks that are being experienced and what, that are stopping the results happening. And then finally, they'll come up with a set of requirements. And the logic is that if the requirements are met, the problems will be solved and the results will therefore follow. And so they've, when they've gone through those three steps, they're then ready to go and talk to vendors. And vendors have responded in a number of different ways. So if we go all the way back to the 1970s when software packages first appeared, those vendors responded by showing the features of their software. And they showed that they could meet the list of requirements that the customer had given them. So we call that generation one or the feature generation. In the late 80s, we saw a change. Vendors started to go to the customers and prospects and say, let us understand the problems that you have. So as well as your requirements, we wanna understand firsthand those problems. And based on our experience elsewhere, we're gonna be able to come up with a really good solution for you. So we saw the introduction of solution selling, which is still a major way the industry sells today. That became the solution generation, generation two. In more recent times, we've seen the emergence of generation three, what I'm calling the outcome generation. They're going that one step back up that logic chain and saying, yes, we need to solve problems and we have to meet requirements, but let's understand the outcomes that you're trying to achieve, the, the results that you want to get to. And let's work on helping you get to those results directly. That's the thing we'll focus on. So these outcome generation vendors go straight to what are the outcomes that the customer is looking for. The advanced vendors are focusing, however, on a very specific type of outcome. And I want to just give, spend a couple of minutes and just talk a bit about what I've learned about that. So whenever somebody buys something, some background, um, there is an outcome they want to achieve. So if you buy a hamburger, then you want to be full. You buy a movie ticket, you want to be entertained. You buy a sports car, probably you want to be noticed. So let me just, um, uh, in business, in the technology space, there are two types of, of outcomes. The first is a product outcome. That's the direct benefit of using a product or service. 
The second is a success outcome. That's the bigger outcome that the customer is actually trying to achieve when they buy your products or services. So to just illustrate that, to give a, some simple item pictures of it, if you go to a hardware store and buy a drill bit, then the hardware store manager knows you don't want to own a drill bit. What you want to do is drill a hole in the wall. So the product outcome, the direct benefit of using the drill bit is a hole in the wall. But that's not success. What we really want is that beautiful family portrait we've just had framed hanging on the lounge room wall. And that's what success looks like. So the product outcome is the hole in the wall. What we care about is the success outcome of the painting hanging or picture hanging on the wall. Similarly, if we go to a restaurant, the restaurant owner might think, well, my job is to provide good food and service. And if we enjoy the food and the service, then that's the product outcome. But what we really go to a restaurant for is a great night out with family and friends. And that's success for us. So here's the thing. We can have good food and a bad night out. So maybe the company was bad. Maybe there was someone noisy on a nearby table and they spoiled our evening. If we don't have a good night out, we probably won't ever go back to that restaurant. Even though the food was okay, no fault of the owner, but we didn't have success. And because of that, the restaurant revenue will suffer. So the whole, the whole proposition um, in the book and the observation around these outcome generation vendors is that they've become very, very good at identifying the success outcome that they serve. And they're building their businesses around doing everything the customer needs to achieve that outcome, not just delivering the product outcome. So that's the key idea. The heart of the book is be very clear about what the success outcome is that your customers are trying to achieve. This is the thing they care about. This is the thing that gets them promoted. It gets them their bonus. It gets them recognition. If you're clear about that and you can do most of what the customer needs to do that, then you're golden. And that's what these advanced technology vendors are doing. Great. Thank you. And so do you offer um, a suggestion for how companies can implement a type of outcome approach or a generation three approach? We do. Um, so we have a six-step methodology that we use um, that we take people through to uh, come up with a tailored customer engagement plan or a customer success plan that works for their business. And then how do they implement it? One of the lessons that we learned the hard way is this should be an evolution and not a revolution. So um, the, the idea of customer success really should touch and be the heart of the way all customer facing activities operate. In fact, one of the podcasts that you did, um, the interview you did with Steve Lucas, Steve Lucas from the CEO of Marketo talked about exactly that. By the way, I've extracted some of that um, interview that you did and put it in the book. So you, Meg, you're in the oh, book. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. 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 Thank um, you. Oh, that's great. Love to talk to Steve as well. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So um, it was a great message. It was a great interview and it was a great message. And I, and, and I think that he and other CEOs who are promulgating that idea are absolutely right. So because it's so pervasive, we don't want to do it big bang. So we want to start small with a subset of customers we want to do it with, maybe not even all of our staff or all of the partners that we use. Start small, have some success, get some experience, and then build and grow on that. And 
that is a more effective way of doing it than trying to do a big bang. Let's do everything all at once. Perfect. Thank you. And in your book, um, you also mentioned a concept that you've come up with called deep engagement. Could you explain a little bit what you mean by this acronym and why it's an important way to be looking at success? Okay. So it has, you know, the book has to have some acronyms and it's for the, it's for the technology <laughs> industry, right? So deep is, uh, deep represents the, the four phases of engagement with customers. Um, we use those four phases to create a, a customer life cycle, what we call a success life cycle. Every one of those phases is based around enabling the success outcome that as a business we serve for our customers. So the first of the, the phases, the D in deep, is for develop. This is the lead generation stuff, but we do it differently. So lead generation now, the marketing messages, all of the content marketing that we do, all of the sales messaging we do, the conversations that we have with prospects and customers revolve around the success outcome. Because remember, that's the thing that they care about. So if we're, if we're talking to them about product, we have some chance of getting some attention. If we talk about product outcomes, the benefits and value, which we hear a lot, yeah, we'll get some attention. But if we talk about the success outcome, the thing that they really care about, they'll engage with us. So we, the first thing that we do is we move our marketing, we move our sales messaging and so on to discussions around the success outcome. And that's the heart of the develop phase. The second phase is evaluate. Um, this is selling, but it's selling done differently, particularly to existing customers. Because we're talking about the success outcome, the bigger thing, and not just about what our products do, the customers are interested in engaging with us in a joint way. So we now jointly focus on identifying projects that can improve the success outcome. We don't go in there and try and sell products. We don't have to do ROI on our product. What we do is find projects to drive improvements in the success outcome. And we do it together with the customer. The third phase is execute. Um, the, and that's about making it work. This is the onboarding or the implementation, but we don't declare success when we get the product working. We declare success when we've measured the results and fed that back to the executives who sponsored the project. And then finally, the, the P in deep is for prosper. And that's about continuous improvement because we can always improve the success outcome. We can always make that better. And so we have a process of just driving a recycling of that um, process, keeping them going through that loop. So with those four phases, we then establish the steps in the success life cycle. And there's typically somewhere between eight and 12 of them. For each of them, we identify a deliverable or an outcome. And this is a really important step. So instead of just being very focused on, here's a process and you must follow that process to all of our staff, what we want the staff to understand is, what is that outcome that their effort is going to create? Similarly, because we're working jointly with the customer, we want them to understand the outcome that needs to be produced from each step. And that drives the business a bit differently. It means that if we run into an unusual customer situation, it's okay to do it a bit differently. We can let the smart people that work for us behave in different ways as long as they're clear about the outcome they need to achieve from the step. The next thing we do is then identify KPIs or measures for each of those steps. So now we can track how well that life cycle is working. And if it's not working, we can see where it's not working. And that allows us to take some action on it. 
And then finally, we conduct an execution capability review. So we look at the, what we call the PSPSP analysis, processes, systems, people, skills, partners. And we look at what of those um, elements are required for each step. And then where are we today? What have we got to do to, to bridge the gap? So that's the heart of deep engagement. That's the framework that we use to come up with a tailored customer success program for each vendor. What, may, what have you found uh, makes the biggest difference for customer success when there's a focus early on, like particularly in the D, the development stage, um, on creating those customer goals and making sure uh, that the strategy is focused on those outcomes? Look, I think the biggest thing is the, the ability to engage. So again, you know, the, the, the idea that um, if you talk about product, then you'll have a little bit of interest. If you talk about a success outcome, then you've got their attention. And our firsthand experience was, particularly with senior executives, if you go and talk about success outcomes, they're interested and they will engage with you. If you talk product, their eyes glaze over and they, they're quickly asleep and they want you out of the room. So... <laughs> The first thing is that it does change your, your ability to engage. And the same is true on the marketing side, that you're talking to people that you don't know, they don't know you, you're trying to get them, them engaged. Using the success outcome as the heart of that is a great way of getting them on board. The second thing is that it does change, does give you the ability to move to that joint engagement. If you go along as a vendor and you talk about your product and a product outcome, you know, the customers go, you're just selling to me and they'll keep you at arm's length. If you show them that you understand the success outcome that they have to achieve, and that you know about all elements of achieving that, and you can help them with a lot of it, then they want you to work side by side with them. So that's the thing that, that helps drive that joint engagement. And the final thing is it changes pre-sales. So in, uh, in organisations that, that use pre-sales people, um, customers won't pay. You know, hey, you're selling to me. You have to, you have to fund that yourself. But if what you're doing is providing consultants, what we call success consultants, whose job it is to help with everything in the success outcome, then the customers will pay for that. And our experience was that we were charging double standard consulting rates and the good people had more work than they could deal with because the customers realised just how much value they could bring and they just loved them. They absolutely loved them. So it, it really changes the way the funding of sales works because now instead of having expensive pre-sales people who are just an overhead, they can actually be producing revenue for you. So it, it, it does quite change things. Yeah, and I think, I mean, many would agree, like, of course, you know, like you want to focus on those outcomes, but I mean, how often do you find that many companies maybe aren't focusing on this or doing this effectively? How, how common is it? You know, I think the thing that I've found most with this is um, almost every vendor that I interviewed and that I've researched has moved past generation two. Pretty much everybody is doing some generation three stuff. But what I found was it's very patchy. So if you look at the life cycle they're using and you look at all the jobs, you know, sales, marketing, services and so on, there's little bits that are being done in a generation three way, little bits that are being done in a generation two way, and some that are even generation one. So one of the, the objectives of the generation three program is to get everybody aligned in the organization around this one simple idea of a success outcome. The biggest challenge I see is that as, as vendors have moved past generation two and they've, they've understood the need to 
to be along the line of outcomes, value that they're delivering and so on, they get stuck at the product outcome. And they think, look, my job is produce a great product, get the product working, and the customer will love us because the product's really working. But that's not the case if the customer is not achieving their success outcome. This is like the restaurant owner who thinks the only thing they have to do is make good food and provide good service. If the customers have a bad time in his restaurant, then his business will fail. And that's the same as technology vendors. So the, the, big, the big issue that I've seen in the research that I've done is only those really advanced vendors have gotten past product outcomes and are thinking success, success outcomes. None of them use that term, by the way. That's a term that I've coined but they think like that. A lot are stuck back on product outcomes. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. And what recommendations do you give on how um, to get your success and sales teams focused on these outcomes and goals instead of having maybe more a short-sighted approach? Like I like the analogy of like getting that picture hung on the wall. Like that seems so very far from where, you know, you as a salesperson at the, um, at the hardware store need to be, but you know, how do you get them focused in that way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's a good point. Um, look, uh, ideally, the impetus for this will come from the top of the organization. You know, it's the Steve Lucases of the world who will lead this sort of thing, who say, yes, you know, the, that success outcome is the right way to think. And that's what we want all of our organization to do. If you have listeners that are in organisations where that's not the case, where this lead isn't coming from the top, um, they can still do stuff. So what I'd suggest is just start themselves. The first thing they need to do is figure out the success outcome that their organisation serves. So just get a bunch of smart people and go off and have a, a drink together or a coffee together and work out what the success outcome would be. Go and talk to some key customers and play that to them and say, does that work? Do you, does, does that resonate for you? Then try doing some small marketing campaigns, some small existing customer sales campaigns. And you'll find that by talking about the success outcome and how to improve that, you can identify opportunities for upsell and cross-sell. Create some revenue. Actually get some wins on the board using it. And then when you've done that, then you can start maybe even going to the sales team, you know, new business sales team, and showing them how to use that message to create new business deals. Again, once you've started experiencing success using the idea, then you can go up to top management and you can convince them that this is the right way for the organisation to go. So ideally, it comes from the top. If it doesn't, there are still some things you can do. Fantastic. That was really great advice as well. So, uh, but we're about to wrap up. Do you have any um, final tips for anyone who might be uh, starting their career in customer success and uh, uh, maybe need some guidance or advice? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, there's a comment and perhaps an appeal that I'd like to make. Um, I, I've really, really enjoyed engaging with customer success people. And it's, and it's for one reason, almost everyone, you know, all the reading I've done, the listening I've done, the people I've spoken to, there is an underlying passion, an underlying purpose about genuinely making a difference for the customer. And that's not always there in the, in the space that I've come from. <laughs> um, and, it, and for many of them, it's difficult. You know, they might be working in an organisation where that ethos isn't um, in place at the top of the organisation. And so they're battling a bit with that. You know, they want to make a difference, but sometimes it's hard. 
there's old ideas about the way sales are done, marketing's done, services are done, support is done, and they're trying to battle that a little bit. Um, I guess my appeal would be this. They are doing um, something that is genuinely worthwhile. It is making a real difference. And the appeal, keep fighting the good fight. What they're doing is, is worth it. It has purpose. Keep going. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And can you tell us uh, where everyone can find your book, actually, when it's out? When will it be out and where can we find it? So the book will be out in the next couple of weeks. Um, it'll be on Amazon and iTunes. Um, but you can also go to the website. It's gen3cs, so G-E-N, numeral 3, cs.com. Um, and if you want to get some idea of what's in the book, there are a number of white papers that are on there already that summarise some of the key ideas in the book. There are some brochures and so on that can all be downloaded, all free. You don't have to put your name in. You can just go and download them if you want to. Um, and there'll be more and more stuff coming on that, uh, on that website in time. We're producing a calculator now so people can work out what sort of money they can make by implementing a custom success program. So uh, we'll, we'll get that up in the next month or so as well. So lots of material there, lots of articles and so on there. Um, so a good place for people to go and get some resources if they're interested in all of this. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely put those in the description of the podcast and it'll be in uh, the blog post with the podcast. So uh, we'll make sure that it's easy for people to find. Uh, well, thank you so much, Paul. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening this week on the Customer Success Podcast hosted by Plan Hat. If you enjoy this podcast, if you could give us a rating, if you could follow us, um, if you could, you know, give us a review, that would be very much so appreciated. Um, if you could also share with your friends, anyone who's interested in customer success or uh, SaaS in general, that would be fantastic. Um, also, if you have any recommendations on uh, topics that you would like to hear us talk about, any guest speakers that you would uh, uh, like to hear from that maybe uh, we can get in contact with feel free to um, send them to hello at planhat.com that's h-e-l-l-o at planhat p-l-a-n-h-a-t.com we'd be more than happy to hear from you hear your feedback uh, and hear what you guys would like to hear so thank you so much and have a great week